0: Y'all feeling the Spirit this morning? Feeling the Spirit? Well, let's see if we can get the Spirit moving in our hearts this morning. In the Bronx, we've been doing a series on overcoming. Uh, Last week, we talked about overcoming temptation. And today, we're going to let you join us as we talk about overcoming heartbreak today. Overcoming heartbreak. Today's message is only for people whose hearts have been broken at some point in their lives. If your heart's never been broken, then you can take notes because it's going to come at some point down the road. So we're going to be talking about overcoming heartbreak, and it's really interesting that in the scriptures uh, you see in the lives of God's people, and and really in many of the people that God used in a powerful way that they had to overcome heartache and heartbreak uh, to, to grow, to be refined, as well as to make sure that their trust was in God and in God alone. So we're going to be talking about that some today. And prayerfully, some of our message can encourage you and you can walk out uh, with a better understanding of how to overcome heartbreak in your life. Let's pray together as we get started. Uh, God and Father in heaven, thank you for being the God who heals the brokenhearted. Thank you for having come into our lives at a time when we needed you most. To save us, to redeem us, to give us hope in the future. Bless our time together today. Help us to see you in every circumstance, in every challenge, in every trial. And to realize that it's through the storms, God, that... Uh, we are refined, and that our faith is built and deepened and strengthened. Bless our time together today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Overcoming heartbreak. And we're going to look at a story, and there are many stories we could have looked at today. We could have looked at Job. uh, We could have looked at Peter. We could have looked at David's life, because David really went through some challenging times, especially with his family. And yet... We, we really need to understand that in life, there are going to be ups and downs. And as much as I would love for the Christian life to be a steady incline of one victory after another, one joy after another, unfortunately, it goes up and it goes down. Uh, there, there are times when we're overwhelmed with joy, and there are times in our lives when we hit a wall and we wonder if we can make it to the next day. And we praise God that in those times we do have Jesus that we can look to. So we're going to take some time today and we're going to look at a story of Ruth and, and, and Naomi. And, and they did experience heartbreak in their lives. The Bible says in Ruth 1 and verse 1, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's wife was Emelech. The man's name was Imelech, His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Imelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Oprah and the other Ruth. Both Melon and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. That was not their dream. That was not why they moved to Moab. They were and had a beautiful family. And I'm sure in their minds everything was working out great. And then Naomi loses her husband. And then in the years following, she loses both of her sons. And her heart is broken. Uh, She gets to the place where she says, You just need to change my name. Change my name. Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. This was not what she signed up for. She didn't see this in the plans ahead. All she saw was that her life was going to be great, and she was going to live happily ever after with her husband, and with her sons, and her daughters-in-law, and and have grandchildren, and, and everything would be amazing. That's not how it worked out. She got to a point in her life where everything that she had hoped for was taken away from her. And there she was, a widow. And she says, change my name. I want to ask you a a question as we get started this morning. A lot of times when we first came into into the kingdom, if we had a spiritual name, it would be joy. It would be excitement. It would be hope. It, 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 It would be love. But what would your spiritual name be today as you sit where you are? You know, it's funny in the Bible how people's names sometimes get changed or got changed because of their conduct. There was a man named Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas was not his original name. His, first, his original name was Joseph, but they changed it because it reflected his life. Jesus changed Peter's name. Peter was Simon, son of John. Jesus changed it to Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock. And we know there are times in in Peter's life when he was a rock, and there were times when he was more like a pebble. But in the end, he did become a pillar in God's church. He also called the, the, the James and John the sons of thunder. Because of their zeal and their fervor and their fire for God. What's your spiritual name today? What is it? Naomi's name was changed. Because of all the heartache that she had to embrace. And she says, just call me bitter. Just call me unhappy. Just call me miserable. Because that's where I'm at today. That's where I find myself in my life. I tell you what, in this fellowship, some of us are there this morning. Or we've been there. Or we've been there and back there, and then we've gone there again. But she had some lessons that God was going to teach her in the days ahead. And not only did she lose her husband, but she lost her sons. And her daughters-in-laws lost their husbands. Um It says, Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. Go back to your mother's home. Is this thing changing with me? Modern technology. I'm not going to let it stop me here. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown... To your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. Naomi, the Bible says, was at a really low point in her life. So you've got these three women, instead of tears of joy, they're tears of bitterness. Three widows, not their plan, not what they hoped for. And the Bible says, they wept aloud. And she told her daughters, look, just go back home to your mothers. This dream is over. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to get married again and have sons and you marry them. So you go back home because I'm going back home. And, And the dream, the vision, it's done. Broken hearts. Devastated. Have you ever had a broken heart? Have you ever been in a romantic relationship and somebody broke your heart where you had such vision and hope? Maybe you were even planning the wedding day and then they let you down. It's happened. Sometimes you get married and that's disappointing because what the person said on the day that you got married, they're not living up to. It happens. It happens in the church where people start off with an incredible dream, and then the person that they poured their heart out to either is not faithful to God or not faithful to them, not committed to Jesus, and you find yourself not in a dream but in a nightmare. Sometimes it it even goes on to divorce. That wasn't your plan. And now you've been divorced, and you started off as a Christian. And divorce, we see that happening, unfortunately, more and more in the kingdom. Sometimes even our children break our hearts. We have such high hopes for them. We have high hopes for what they will accomplish academically. We we have vision of of them escaping all the, the sin and stuff that we went through and, and go on and, and live godly Christian lives. And sometimes that's not what they want. And, and they don't do what we dreamed they would do. As a matter of fact, some of them are still living at home with us. It's like one man said, my child lives alone at my house. And that's not all bad if they're working and they're helping out. But it is bad if they're still 40 and want you to be their parent and take care of them. That's that's, that's not what you hope for. A loss of a career dream, it happens with us. Where we, we took on this new job. We, we, we left the job we had, which was like an old sock. It was comfortable, but we wanted more. So we went up and signed up for another job, and that, that falls apart. Sometimes our spiritual dreams are shattered. We came into the kingdom and and we thought all would be rosy and everything would be great, and then people hurt us. Leaders disappoint us. You know, roommates, people that discipled us, they no longer remain faithful. Sometimes people slander us, sometimes people misrepresent us, sometimes we end up in conflict. And instead of sitting beside that person, they're in this section and you're in that section and you know they're here. But they've broken your heart. You don't even want to look at them. Talking about you feel the Spirit. What are you feeling? What are you feeling? Sometimes people who are close close to us, who helped us, who mentored us, who discipled us, They leave the faith. It breaks our heart because we don't understand it. Sometimes we're in leadership and we're taken out. And we're told that we can no longer be in that position because of what's going on in our spiritual lives. On and on and on we could go. Life is not fair. Sometimes these storms come unexpected and your heart is broken and you're discouraged, just like just like Naomi, it's reality. It can happen. It does happen to so many of us. I remember in 2007, I believe it was 2007, where Cynthia and I and our family, we had funeral after funeral after funeral. We were on our way to a funeral and got the phone call that someone else in our family had died. Four funerals that summer. Man, our hearts were broken. And then I had some brother in the midst of all of that call me up while we were going through this. A staff person called me up and said, I know you're going through a hard time, but I just want to let you know I'm leaving this job and I'm taking another job someplace else. You know, he wasn't on the top of my list of good friends. But he had to get it out. Couldn't he have waited a couple of weeks? I'm not feeling anything over that. I've let it go, can't you tell? I've let it go. But we're not here just to talk about broken hearts. We're here to talk about how to overcome them. How to overcome them. That's what we want to do. Do I need to do this? How do do you overcome a broken heart? That's what we want to focus on. And, and let me give you just three quick points, and the message will be yours. Number one, get connected. Get connected. Look at, look at what Ruth says to Naomi as she's in a dark place in her life. When she's given up hope, where there's a cloud over her, she's feeling such pain and 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 emptiness she's struggling deeply bible says but ruth replied don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go i will go and where you stay i will stay your people will be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there i will be buried May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Sometimes when your heart is broken, you need a roof in your life. You need somebody who loves you unconditionally. You need somebody who can look in your eyes and feel your pain. You need somebody who say, I'm going to be there with you, girl. I'm going to be there with you, brother. Thank God for the kingdom of God. Thank God for His church that we can have people like that in our lives who are our friends, not because of the money we have, not because of what we drive, not because of where we live. They love us for us. They love us because of who we are. And they're there with us. That's how you overcome heartbreak. You need relationship like that in your life. The first thing many people do when hurt or heartbroken is they pull back. They pull back from the people who can help the most. And my encouragement to you this morning, don't pull back. Don't pull back from the people who love you and care about you It can help get you through the storm. Don't pull back from God. Don't pull back from reading your Bible. Don't pull back from coming to church. This is where you need to be in your hour of pain. You don't need to be home alone. You need to be with God's people and the people who can help you. Because while you're stepping back, Satan will be stepping up. And following your heart and your feelings can sometimes lead you to a dark place. Because he's not just trying to take you through a bad time. He's trying to take you out of the kingdom of God. And you got to realize you need people like that in your life. It may be your spouse. It may be a good brother or sister. It may be a number of people, but you need them in your life. Ruth told Naomi, I'm going to be connected to you. Your people are going to be my people, and your God is going to be my God. And may God deal with me ever it be so severely if I ever leave you, if I separate myself from who is like that in your life. You see, it's not enough just to come to church, you need to be connected to somebody, you need to have a best friend. Yeah, you, you need that in your life. That's how you make it through the heartbreak. Someone who's gonna talk with you, maybe just listen to you, cry with you, someone who's just who, who's always gonna be who's gonna pick up the phone when you call. Who's that in your life? You can be in a big church and still be lonely. You need to get connected. You need to get connected and stay connected. That's how you overcome heartbreak. That's how you deal with it. We need one another. You know, I need you to be my people. You need me to be your brother. And, and my God needs to be your God, and your God needs to be my God, as long as it's the God of the Bible. We need one another. We need God. See, we do need each other, but I do want you to understand this. No one person can mend all your hurts and, and, and struggles. No one person can carry all your burdens. That's the role that God is supposed to play in your life. So I think Ruth was right when she says, you know, you're going to be my sister, but your God's going to be my God. Because I need you, and we both need God to make it through this heartbreak. People aren't designed to carry all your burdens. Just understand that. They're flawed. They may be able to carry you for a day or a week or two or whatever, but you need the Lord in there too because he says, cast all your anxieties on me and I'll take care of you. No human being can be all that. Sisters, I'm trying to tell you, no matter how great your husband is, he can't carry all your burdens. Sometimes he won't even understand your burdens. He won't even understand you. And your wife cannot carry all your burdens she just you need some let me say to the brothers you need some you need God and you need some good brothers in your life and that's not how we roll a lot of times we don't want to be vulnerable we don't we don't want to share our, our hurts and our feelings but look we get heartbroken too we get heartbroken too and we need God and we need one another are you connected today are you connected? It's a shame if you're in a church like this and you're not connected. This is a great church. These are two great regions in the New York City Church of Christ. You, there's no reason that you should, be, should not be connected. There's no reason you should be sitting by yourself, going through trials by yourself. That should not be the case. If that is the case, it's because you decided for it to be that way, not because it should be that way. Who's connected to you? Get connected. The best way, the best way to deal with your hurts is to stay connected to God and to stay connected to others. You know, in in the Boston Marathon, what does this say? The best way to heal a broken heart is to give all the pieces to who? Don't try to give them all to me. I can take a few of them. I can carry a few of them but God can carry all of them. Now, In the Boston Marathon, there's a, a hill. They call it Heartbreak Hill. It's like the 20-mile mark. And it's not because of how steep the hill is. It's the timing of the hill. It comes at the 20-mile mark. When you think you're almost there, you got one more hill to climb. And a lot of times, it's not the intensity of our struggles... It's when they hit us. They hit us at a time when we're already low. They hit us at a time when it seems like, why now? Why is this happening to me now? But that's when you need to make sure that you're connected to God. Because we can make it through Heartbreak Hill. We can get over that hill. We can be victorious over that hill. We've got to be. Because God allows us. To face the heartbreak hill, it's, 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 it's on that heartbreak hill that you find out what your faith is all about. It's, it's through heartbreak hill and on heartbreak hill when you find out if you're a Christian for God or if you're a Christian for people. That's when you find out. It's in heartbreak hill when you find out if your quiet times have really been quiet times. If you've really learned what it means to be still and to know God. That's when you find out. It's not when things are good. It's not when everything's going well. It's when you're on heartbreak hill. When your husband lets you down. When your friends aren't there. When struggle and trial is all around. That's when you find out. Is God the foundation of my life or not? It's when you're going through the heartbreak. And God allows it. Because he knows that if we handle it the right way, we'll come out better on the end than we were in the beginning. So let's go on. How do you overcome heartbreak? Two, two more. How do you overcome heartbreak? Number two, get busy. Get busy. You'll never overcome your heartbreak if you sit around having a pity party. Woe is me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Man, I'm going through a hard time, and I want everybody to know it. The Bible says in Ruth 2 and verse 2 and Ruth and the Moabites. Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. After they'd gone back to Jerusalem, this is what she did. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in the field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. This sister didn't sit around being idle. She didn't sit around complaining and moaning and groaning about how things hadn't turned out right for her. She got out there in the fields. She got busy working. Sometimes the last thing you want to do when you hurt is move. You don't want to move. You don't want to talk. You just want to sleep and eat. That's all you want to do. I just, I don't want to be bothered. So when you're hurting though, that's when you need to move. When, 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 you, when you're facing darkness, you don't need to stay by yourself. You need to get out and move. I'm not saying there isn't a time to grieve. There isn't a time just to assess where you are. But you can't stay in solitude forever. You got to get up and move. When you're, when you're discouraged, you need to get busy. You need to get your mind off yourself. It's like having surgery. You know, when you go into the, to the, to the hospital and you have surgery, what's the first thing they try to get you to do when you come out? Get moving. You're like, move. They say you got to move your body. Here's what they say. As soon as you're able to move your body, it doesn't matter what part you can move. Just move it. If you can't walk, circle your arms. If you can't use your arms, walk around your house. Light exercise will improve your circulation, mood, and healing. But when you're hurting and you sit there going, oh, oh, I can't. Feed me. Clothe me. Wash me. I can't do anything. You're not going to get better. And that's where some of us are spiritually. We're hurting and we don't want to move. You need to get up and move. You need to move. You need to move yourself. You need to get out of yourself. You need to move and serve somebody. You need to share your faith even when you're hurting. Go ahead and share your faith. You might find the most open person when you're going through the storm, not when everything's going great in your life. Move yourself. Some of us, we're still having a pity party from 2003, and we haven't moved an inch. I'm challenging you today. It's time to get up and move. Move yourself. Don't just sit there moaning and groaning. We don't want to hear it no more. We just don't want to hear it anymore. Stop crying and get up and move yourself. Then you'll get better. If you want to get better, then you got to do better. Don't just come to church. Be the church. So when I, I showed up and did what? Don't just go to Bible talk. Talk. It's a Bible talk. Just, we don't need you to come there and just be silent. Y'all having prayer groups. Pray! I, I just had a silent prayer. That's not what this group is about. It's not about silent prayers. It's about loud prayers, open prayers. Just don't read your Bible. Do what it says. Isn't that right, church? Yes. Do what it says. And a lot of times you'll stumble on scriptures right when you're hurting. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serve the Lord. There it is, right in Romans 12. You know, Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord. See, you don't even want to read those scriptures. And you don't even want to see that. Why is that in there now? Why do I have to stumble on that? Because the Spirit of God is trying to move you to get up and go. Get up and go and stop having a pity party. Don't sit around being idle. That's how you overcome heartbreak. Don't let heartbreak paralyze you. Don't let struggle paralyze you. Get up and go. Yeah, the girl broke your heart, then get up and go out and date somebody else. Don't sit there focused on her. She ain't coming back. She wasn't the one for you in the first place. Get up and do what you're supposed to do. I've been around a long time, and I noticed that people have to date three, four, five times before they find the right person. That means somebody's heart got broken along the way. It might have been your heart. It might have been her heart. But you didn't die. Move on. You're closer to the right person. You're closer to the right person. It happens. Sometimes before you find the right job, you have to be in the wrong job for a few years. But you don't stop going to work. You keep on moving, don't you? Sometimes your kids take you through all kinds of stuff. Don't give up on your children. I mean, maybe you should have stopped at one, but you had five. Now you got five of them. Okay, but then you got to keep moving. Don't let those children lock you up in a room and depress you, losing your mind. You keep moving. You keep on doing what you're supposed to do. That's what you do. Some of us, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, we hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busybodies. We're talking about being busy, not being a busybody. 1 Timothy 5 Uh, Timothy is talking and Paul is helping Timothy with young married women. He says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. And that happens when you're not busy in the kingdom. You're going to talk about something. And if you're busy about the Lord's work, you'll be talking about good things. If you're setting your mind on things above, you'll be talking about good. But you're going to talk about something. So get busy doing the right thing and this is not just for, for sisters this is for brothers we can talk too you know the, 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 the women their television programs are, are the housewives or whatever and they're just talking and God, but ESPN just as bad talk 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 get busy move 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 that's how you deal with a broken heart here's a great quote it, did it come up? Well, hey, we'll move on. I'm, I'm going to stay busy. I'm going to keep busy doing what I'm supposed to do. All right. Uh, the, in Proverbs, Proverbs 13. Okay, here it is. Idleness to the mind is like rust to iron. If you don't use your mind, you don't move, it, you'll get stuck. Are you moving? As a Christian, are you busy doing the Lord's work? Paul says, or the proverb writer says, be diligent. Be diligent. Proverbs 13, 4, the sluggard craves and gets nothing. But the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The plans of the diligent, Proverbs 21, 5, lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Get busy in the kingdom. Help somebody come to the Lord. Serve. The happiest people in the church are the people who are serving. Not not the people who are sitting around analyzing and criticizing. You you, you look at it. It's the people who are serving. Who are giving their lives away. Not the people who are just waiting for everything to get all perfect in their life before they do anything. I got news for you. That's not going to happen. How do you get over disappointment and heartbreak? You got to move yourself to do a try, And then finally, how do you overcome heartbreak? Get back in the game. Get back in the game. Here's Ruth. She was married for 10 years. She'd been out the dating game for a long time. You know, that that was not her plan. And now... Some years have passed. Husband's gone on to be with the Lord. And in Ruth 3, verse 1, it says, one, one day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you? Where you will be well provided for. Is not Boaz with whose servant girls you've been a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. Now this is their tradition. I'm not saying this is what we ought to be doing. This is their tradition. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. And then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. And then Ruth said, I will do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. What did she tell her to do? She said, girl, wash yourself. (laughs) Put some perfume on. Put on your best clothes. Don't you go around looking bitter. Don't you go around looking sad. Don't you go around looking mad. Don't you go around looking like you done lost your best friend. Says, girl, it's time to prep it up. Time for you to get your hair done. Get your nails done. Get your hair done. I mean, this time to, to, to just go ahead and, and, and look your best here. Put that perfume on, girl. You don't. You don't have to look depressed when you're going through trial. You don't have to be like the Pharisees. Jesus said that when they fasted, they want the whole world to know. They didn't wash. They didn't shave. They looked sad. No, that's not what you do. This is great advice. Get back in the game. Get back in the game. Okay, it didn't work out. What you're going to do now? You 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 you, you got to say, look. I'm not gonna let depression and hard times define me. I'ma get back. What? What? I'ma take Naomi's advice, and she took the advice, and she got back. And she, you, you, you gotta, you gotta get back in the game. What were your dreams when you became a Christian? What were your dreams? To just struggle. To Just be a part of something and not really make a difference. What? A lot of us, when we came into the kingdom, we had incredible dreams. God, I'm going to give you my whole heart. I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to bring people to Jesus. I'm going to study the Bible with my friends. I'm going to make a difference. What happened to that dream? What are you doing? When's the last time you even had a good talk with a non-Christian? Get back in the game. Get back in, your, in the game. Some of you used to be in leadership. You were leading. You were fired up. You were encouraged. Look, God is using me. And I'm, and I'm leading a group. Now a lot of us, we're, we're resigning from the very things that we used to get excited about. And we wonder why we're not happy. Some of us, were trying to figure out, how can I do less? How can I get out of this? And how can I get out of that? How can, what's your goal? I just want, you know, we've talked about this before, to do nothing. What? It's time to get back in the game. How are we going to build a great church? How are we going to build a great church if, if everybody wants to... Be led and nobody wants to lead. How are we going to build a great church like that? It's time to get out of retirement. Some of you are so young and you're still trying to retire from leadership. I don't have that choice. If you had a vision for your children, let you down, hadn't turned out the way you hoped, what you going to do? Give up? It's time to get back in the game. Get down on your knees and start praying for them. Let them know I'm praying for you. You don't lost your mind. I'm praying for you. I just want you to know I'm I'm taking you to God. That's what I'm doing. I'm not going to let you wreck my life. I'm not going to let you wreck my day. I'm not going to let you get, get me all down. I'm getting back in the game. I'm putting God on you. I'm taking you to the Holy Spirit. I'm getting in the Word of God, and I'm going to call out, I'm going to read some Scripture that talk about faith, that talk about hope, and I'm going to cry out your name to the Lord, and the Lord God Himself is going to move you. Get your lazy self up, God's going to move you, and you're going to get a real job. You're going to go back to school, and you're going to do what you're supposed to do, because I'm going to pray it. I'm going to pray it until it happens. Instead of you sitting around talking about, my kids ain't doing what they supposed to do. Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Prayer is powerful. Get all your friends praying for them. Everybody praying for them. Let's, in this I pray, let's make sure that we're praying for our kids. Because Satan's trying to take them from us. If you were once on fire for the Lord, and some of you were, So flat fired up for Jesus. Sometimes you got on my nerves talking about what we should be doing for God. Why ain't we doing this? And why don't we do this? And now, you don't want to do anything. You're on fire. Get back in the game. Get back in the game. Go ahead, dress yourself up. You know, you come to church, don't come come looking raggedy up in here. You're going somewhere, I like you're going to, to get something done. You know what I'm saying? Brother, go get your hair cut. Put some cologne on. Smell good coming up in here. Some sister might just notice. Ooh, we smell good. Get your hair done, girl. Get, get it extended or, or or whatever you need to do. You pay for it. You can, you can put as much. It's amazing how you can come in here one day and it's like one day it's, it's, it's 12 inches. The next day it's three feet. That's all right. That's all right. At least you're trying to do it. You're trying to go on to Macy's or, or, or wherever you go. Uh, I don't know where you go shopping. Costco. Go, go. Go do what you got to do. It's time to get back in the game. Get back in the game. Take my advice. Talking about you want to get married. <laughs> How you going to get married if you don't try to improve something? I want to do great things for God. didn't dress like it. Act like it. Your best because when you look, you know, when you look good, you feel good. You know what I'm saying? Look good. And, and if you ain't got the clothes, bar your roommates and tell them afterward, I'm sorry, I, I took your stuff. I'll dry clean it. But I needed to, I need to impress myself so that I could be give glory to God. It's time to get back in the game. Let me close this out. This is what happens this is what happens. I'm not in control of anything today. Hey, y'all, hey, y'all back there. Go to the next slide, please. <laughs> Ruth, a Moabite. The Moabites came from Lot. Lot's daughter, they slept with him, and they created two new, two new races, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and this is where Ruth came from. She was a Moabite. Boaz, the son of Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute, who, when the Israelites were marching around Jericho, she was the one who let them in. That's where they came from. What's the one message? It doesn't matter where you came from, it's where you want to go. If God can use Ruth the Moabite and God can use Boaz, the son of a prostitute, he can use you. But not if you sit there wallowing in self-pity and not getting over your heartbreak and heartache and moving and connecting and getting busy doing the will of God. This is how the book of Ruth ends. This is how it ends. I'm, okay, this is how it ends. It says, this then is the family of line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron the father of Ram. Ram the father of Abinadab. Abinadab the father of Nashon. Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon the father of Boaz. Boaz the father of Obed. Obed the father of Jesse. And Jesse the father of David. And it doesn't stop there. Matthew. In the book of Matthew. This is Matthew. This is the genealogy of Matthew. Matthew. Solomon, Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. King David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. And Jacob, the father of Joseph. The husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. You don't know where God can take you if you just give Him your heart. If you get over with your stuff and say, God, I'm yours. I'm here. I'm connected. I'm busy. I'm back in the game. God can raise up your present circumstances and do amazing things in your life. They got all the way connected to Jesus. Get over your heartbreak and get back in the game and see what God... Start today. When you leave here, get back in the game. Share your faith with somebody. Encourage somebody. Step outside your comfort zone. And don't focus on the past. But let God get you ready for a great and bright future. God bless.